Dotnet Rocks episode 627 with guest Boris Shaman. Recorded live Tuesday, January 4th, 2011. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here's Carl and Richard. Thank you very much and welcome to .NET Rocks. It's Richard, it's Carl, it's .NET, it's good. Dude, I have no passport. What happened? Oh, it's fi- I, we only get five-year passports in Canada, so it was time to renew, and pretty much the only window I've got that I can renew a passport in is over Christmas, so I the- turned it in a couple of days before Christmas, and I still needed early return, because we're going to Code Mash, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm picking it up in the next couple of days, but it's very uh, unnerving to not have a passport. For a person like you, not to have a passport. Yeah. Oh, no, I've got the heebie-jeebies. So five years, is that the metric scale? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a meter of passport. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, let's get right back to it here after the holidays with yeah. Better Know a Framework. Awesome. What do you got? So I found something very, really interesting, and I while I haven't ever had a need for it, I can tell that man, if I ever did have a need for it, this would be a wonderful thing. System dot runtime dot memory fail point. What? Checks for sufficient memory resources prior to execution. Wow. Yes, it, it creates a memory gate, which is a check for sufficient resources prior to initiating an activity requiring a large amount of memory. Failing the check throws an insufficient memory exception that avoids starting an operation, reducing the possibility of an application failing during execution due to lack of resources. So what do you pass it that is able to adjust, determine how much, how much memory, memory you, you need? need. You, t- you need to know how much memory you need. Oh, so it's a, you just give it a number? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's a memory gate. Nice. Just, hey, how much? if I needed this much memory, could I have it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. You basically create it. You pass in the size in megabytes. All right. Required memory. And then you get an exception or or not. The tricky bit here is figuring out how much memory you need. But still. That's true. But you know, if you're about to load up ten gigs of of uh you know video files right. into memory or virtual memory. Yeah. You want to know before you do it. That it's going to choke. Yeah, you know the file size on the disk, so you just pick up that number and say, so, hello, if I did this, (laughs) would bad things happen? Because I've tried to do that before with just looking at available resources, you know, with performance counters and things like that, but you never really know. No, you don't. So let somebody else do it. Well, especially when you're dealing with 64-bit versus 32-bit, I mean, da-da-da-da-da, all those issues. Right. Why would you want to try and figure that out? So the framework to the rescue. Dun, dun, dun. That rocks. Isn't that cool, Richard? Who's Absolutely. talking to us, man? I'm, I'm totally into that. Yeah, I thought you would be. <laughs> That's my kind of thing. Oh, I got a great one. This is an email aimed right at you. Okay. So he shouldn't have said, hi, Carl and Richard, but he did anyway. So should I duck? No, don't duck. You'll enjoy it. First of all, let me say that I'm a big fan of the show since I started listening about a year ago. You've made my bicycle ride to work so much more enjoyable. Awesome. Anyway, remember April 2010? Carl was all excited about the release of Studio 2010 and Framework 4. Yeah. Finally, it was possible to get a developer workstation up and running with a single install. That would be no awesome. No service packs, 
No out-of-band releases that had to be added. It was all right there. Man, that would have been great. That was great. So, okay, roll forward six months. We mm. got Silverlight 4, Productivity Power Tools, Entity Framework CTP4, ASP.NET ah. MVC3 Beta, yeah. Web Matrix, Light Switch, yeah. IS Express, SQL CE4, and now NuGet. NuGet. Remember, it was originally called NuPack, but yep. apparently that was copyrighted name, so they called it NuGet. NuGet. Yeah, uh, our friend Phil Hack talked to us about that. That's right. Now, I actually love all the new and shiny things we get to play with, but wouldn't it be nice if there was a single easy way of getting them all installed? Today, they mm. seem to be quite scattered. Some are found in the extension manager, some in Web PI, some are separate installs, and some will probably be moved to NuPack. The Web PI does take care of all the web-based things. Yes, it does a good job. But, you know, I can see that NuGet is actually going to be, for a de- from a developer perspective, that's going to be the long-term solution. I almost wonder if that wasn't part of the driver of that. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm done ranting now. Keep up the good work. Look forward to seeing you guys in Orde- at Ordev next year. Yeah. Cheers from Anders Lugeberg. That's Coding Insomnia on Twitter in Stockholm. Anders, I'm with you, man. But, you know, the alternative is we don't get anything for two years. Yeah. And that sucks, too. It does. We like our out-of-band releases. We like our new toys. And you can't ignore them if you don't need them. It's so true. it's not that... It, the, the only problem is coming into building a new machine with what you need and making sure you have everything you need. Well, That's it's almost really like we need problem. a platform installer at the sort of dev level. Like, the whole thing, not just the web platform installer. Yeah, and it, and it was just a checklist. Hey, yeah, go ahead, put in Studio. I do want Light Switch, like that, 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 that. And it's dyna- it reads it off of Microsoft Sites. So what do we really need is a common registration point for all of these utilities and tools that Duh. devs might use. Yeah. So that we can have one common installer. Are you listening, Scott? Yeah. Soma? I'm going to send this to Soma. Soma, yeah. we need this. We need this. This would be a good thing. That'd be awesome. I think Anders earned himself a mug for a great idea. Yeah. Thank you, Anders. And if you've got questions, comments, suggestions for shows, want to know where we're going to be next, or you want us to come a particular place, hey, we love going out in the field. We're going to Code Mash. Yeah. And we're going all over the place. Sandusky, it's going to be Ohio. a crazy season. I'm already working on TechEd US in Atlanta. All right. Send us an email, .netrocks at franklins.net. Our guest today is Boris Shaman. Uh, Boris is the lead .NET developer of Glider Software Solutions, a consulting company specializing in financial services. He's in charge of designing and programming their .NET-based ATM solution, which is ready to hit production now. Uh, he got interested in the Connect back to when it was still called Project Natal, but it was Adafruit's challenge and the resulting drivers, Code Labs and Open Connect, that got him hooked. And he started developing nConnect for his own needs. Wrapping C++ libraries with pinvoke is a real pain, so he decided to go the C++ CLI route. He's always been interested in computer vision, so this was a great chance to jump in. Welcome, Boris. Thank you. Yeah, where do we start with the Connect and nConnect and, and all of the things that happened? I, uh, you know, we, uh, I, this is the fastest selling device in history. Um, I think it really took Microsoft by surprise. I, I, I th- tend to think that um, the the popularity of it, based on how fast uh, drivers came out for it for Windows, do you think uh, that they were caught off guard? Well, <laughs> the the Connect was actually a huge 
huge success even down here. I'm on the waiting list for at least two units so I can continue working on. And down here is Mexico? Yeah. I'm on the waiting list for several units. Okay. I can use many connects at once. Okay. I'm quite sure that Microsoft didn't expect such a big hit. Yeah, and, and particularly in the non-gaming world, do you really think that they had anticipated uh, a driver so fast? No. Even, even though they still used uh, pretty much standard USB plug. USB they, plug, yeah. I'm not sure they actually expected a PC interface in two weeks or less. Right. So, Boris, what are you thinking about doing with the Connect that got you working on NConnect? Well, on, on my spare time, I actually uh, have a prototype multi-touch wall using um, lasers and a different kind of NUI stack called Community Core Vision, which got me interested in the, in the Connect in the first place. And my idea was to use the Connect as a replacement for, for the about 12 lasers that I was using. 12 what so, you were using? Uh, lasers? Lasers, yeah. And you were using the lasers to to track motion? Yeah, to create a, a light plane, which which would actually serve as the uh, function as the Kinect does now. So, right. And you were only using 10 lasers, so you had low resolution, but also not good if you look directly into them. <laughs> yeah, okay. that was the the problem, the calibration, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I have to, I have to do one by one, and yeah, the safety issue. <laughs> yeah. So you you so you d- this is something that you just totally did yourself, hardware wise, right? You set up some lasers and you were reading the distances between what they bounced off and trying to track motion that way. Yeah, but not completely on, completely on my own. There's a, an app called Community Collision over at NuiGroup.com. NuiGroup.com? Yeah. Yeah. And you said it was Community Core Vision? I'm trying to understand what you said it was called. Yeah, it's CCV, actually. Okay. So that was what got me started into the whole Kinect interaction thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that. And that was, this is obviously before Connect, right? Yeah. Uh, it looks interesting. So at com, you can actually see a, a, view, uh, a view of this, a video for computer yep. vision. So so you got these lasers working, and then you saw Project Natal was, was, uh, was imminent. And what went through your mind at the moment you saw those demo videos? Were you thinking... What were you thinking? Well, uh, the first thing that came that came to my mind was wow, and then when I actually saw the connect uh, at the uh, the store, uh, I had to to get one to oh, at the I, store. Now I have several. Now I'm just curious several. how much the lasers you were using were costing. Yeah, before that, when you were using CCV, what? How much did those lasers cost you? Oh, uh, my bad. About my God, <laughs> the USB per, per later. A lot. <laughs> yeah. It depends. About twenty, forty each. Okay. 
uh, the thing that surprised me about and about Connect was just how inexpensive it was for what it was doing. Yeah, they really made it cheap. So, um, tell tell us about the the two libraries that you mentioned in your bio that um, that Open you that you were looking at. Yeah, that you were looking at, and why didn't they fit the bill? And why didn't you like them? Well, actually, I do. I actually work on top of, of those. Uh, and Connect is just a, a functional implementation. Those guys actually interact with the uh, raw frames. They just send me send and connect all the info that I need to. All right. So, so I'm trying to understand what you're saying here. So, are Code Labs and Open Connect are those drivers or are those companies? Yeah, uh, Code Labs is the company. The driver is called uh, Nui SDK. Uh, okay. And Open Connect is both the the non profit and the and the name the of the product. Driver. Okay. And so these these are essentially USB drivers that are or are they using a USB driver? They sit on top of USB and then they read the data and write the data. Is that how they work? Yeah. And so and Connect is essentially a managed code wrapper on these. Yeah. On both of them at the same time. Well, uh, at the moment, I only use Code Labs, Open Connect on Windows. It's not so stable yet. I see. Uh, the idea is to to use both depending on which one you have installed. Okay. And so, do you do you need to install a USB driver and then Code Labs and then N Connect, or does an N Connect installation include all of that stuff? At the moment, you have to install uh, Code Labs Preview SDK, okay, and then N Connect. So Code Labs Code Labs has the USB support built right in. Yeah, the address is codelaboratories.com. All that. And uh, Richard was asking you before, I don't know if you heard him, what kinds of things were you are you interested in doing with with the Connect? Well, in the first place, um, I, I would say that the, the wall I'm actually building is my number one. And then... The, the what? I'm sorry? The... Multi-touch wall. Oh, the multi-touch right. wall? Yeah. You want to build a multi-touch wall? Yeah. <laughs> how, how big? Well, uh, as big as I can manage. <laughs> and so the multi-touch wall isn't a capacitive multi-touch surface. It's a projected surface with a with a connect. Is that the idea? Yeah. I have an, uh, an HD projector Show the, Im- the image and then have the connect. Well, actually, read whatever you are doing. And so, would this be like a a transparent wall that the projector would project onto, so it can see you from the other side, or how does that work? Uh, it's not quite uh, actually finished, but the idea is to have a transparent wall the connect. And I'm not sure if, if it will be on the front or or rear. Right. But you're, are you basically describing the minority touch yeah. wall? Yes, something like, you know, the, the cliche. From Minority Report. Yeah, Minority Report. Yeah. And you do, do you want to do that just because it's cool? Or do you actually well, have some applications in mind? Uh, I'm actually still working on, on the whole low level, so no, no demo yet. But no, 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 I mean, 
do you, the reason you want to do it? Is it just because it's really cool or do you actually have some things in mind that you want to see done with it? Like, you I, know, I useful, have, useful. I have an application in mind for, for some of, of my clients, actually. <laughs> you do? Yes. So there's real value here, you feel, you feel not just the yeah. wow factor. Well, both, both, yeah. yeah. There's an, an actual production use. <laughs> okay. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who want me to tell you about JustMock, Telerik's mocking tool. And unlike most mocking tools, JustMock can work with non-virtual methods, sealed classes, and static methods and classes, giving you complete control over your code. And of course, you get that great Telerik quality and support. You can read more and download the tool at telerik.com slash justmock. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash telerik. I guess the debate here is, you know, what application is better served on a wall in that description than something that would be served by a surface? I mean, obviously, Richard, you're gonna you're talking about vast amounts of data, so mapping, and obviously that's where Minority Report comes in. You know, when you have large area maps that you need to move around and traverse quickly. I still think that works on a surface because it's such detailed information. You need to be up close to it. Well, there's not enough space, you know. That's a 1024 by 768 screen on a surface. The idea is to use something, you know, like the Pivot Viewer that just came out a few months ago. What's that? Oh, Pivot Viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines, you know, huge amounts of data. Mm-hmm. I got it. I mean, a, a gesture interface on Pivot Viewer is a cool idea. It's just a question of how big does it need to be. Right. That's right. the, the issue. You know, it reminds me of sort of the, the Star Trek uh, in the holodeck. They have uh, a thing where they project stuff on a wall and can move around and see things very, visualize things very quickly in an immersive environment. I guess that's where you're going. Yeah. So um, how many, tell us about NConnect in terms of, it's on CodePlex, right? NConnect.CodePlex.com. NConnect.CodePlex.com or just NConnect.com. Right. And I see you've had at this point since November 30th, which is when you put it up, 549 downloads. Have you gotten any feedback from people who have used it and done things with it and anything that you'd like to talk about? Well, um, most people are, are using it as a mouse tracker, actually. Um, sorry, how? What? Most people are using it what? As a mouse as a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the simplest gestures you can use. It's only one hand, so no, no big. And I, th- I'm, I tend to think that that's more wow factor than, than usability. After a while, your hand gets kind of tired. Yeah. Don't you think? It happens in about 10 minutes. Yeah. But other than, than that, there's also an application that several people are, are using or are coding. Mm-hmm. It's the multi-touch uh, mouse, your mouse, but yeah. you know, using two hands to pan, zoom, tilt. Right. Very cool. And uh, so I'm looking at the example code in the documentation tab, and uh, it's very simple. It's you know, there's a connect factory, and you call it get connect, and then you can 
hook up your events like connect depths calculated, connect image updated, connect accelerometer updated, and then you say uh, connect.start. And it's essentially all of these uh, events just fire when things happen. Is that right? There isn't anything else to it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually, all the events are um, uh, defined on, on the fly. If you're not using the color camera, it just won't won't get us or performances. Right. So you don't have to define your device capabilities and all of that. It just you just won't get the events if the hardware is not there. No, it's all all yeah. on the code. So in the features currently, accelerometer reading, uh, which which is interesting. I, when I think of an accelerometer, I think of like a, a phone or something that when you move it, uh, things happen. But with a connect, your accelerometer is really movement of your body, right? Uh, no, actually, the accelerometer is so the connect can detect whenever you move it. Whenever you move the connect? Yes. So, so it can be recalibrated. Oh, so it can be recalibrated. Oh, yeah, because that's true. Because once you set your connect, like if you set it up on top of your TV, for example, it's it, it moves itself, doesn't it? If you if you move it, it has to recalibrate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, on the Xbox, if you move it while playing, it will go back to the connect sooner. Right. Okay, and uh, real-time image update, meaning that as... What what does that mean exactly? As you move and as things change and gestures change, you get an image of that yeah. movement. Yeah. yeah. And is is that image a infrared image or is it just a color camera image? Uh, depends on the on, on the event. One of them is the RGB yep. frame, the RGB frames. Uh-huh. Other one is the depth, which maps depth on grayscale. Yeah. And Open Connect also supports the infrared. So the um, the grayscale thing you're talking about, the depth calculation, is that just that's just black and white white dots on black background, right? Yeah. And the larger the dots are, the the closer the thing that is reflecting the dots. Yep. Yeah. And also, it gives you a it's actually grayscale by by coincidence, but it gives you a uh, value between between zero and two thousand forty-eight, I think. Okay. Which gives you a, a reading which you can transform to to meter special. Okay, so the depth calculation calculates it. What does it do? It almost like a checksum or something on the image. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, it, it's a a value which you there's a a function on Kinect, okay. all implementation of, of Kinect, which maps the disparity value to a natural length. It, it maps what? I'm sorry? It maps the disparity value. Parity value? Yeah. To a, a natural depth, for example, whichever object is at 5.2 meters. Okay. And I'm not sure what that means. Parity value, Richard. Can you help me out here? No. What is par- oh, What is uh, a parity value? The, it's the depth value that the Kinect gives you. Instead of giving you a a full blown uh, human readable value like uh, one point six feet, 
gives you, you know, 800, which you can, you, you can then use to map it. Yeah. So um, rather than giving an exact measurement, it's just a a a, por, a, a, a unit of distance. A scaled unit. 800 yeah. is, far, is a certain distance away. 400 is half the distance away. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you can see it as a connect unit of length. So that, that's and you can control, uh, it says control motor LED and control connect tilt. That means you can change the tilt and, and is that the what LED that and means? The and the LED. All right. So, so I know this about the connect from listening to, um, some people from Microsoft talk about this on, uh, on, uh, Sci NPR Science Friday. I know that there's a series of, in the Connect itself, there's a series of these infrared um, maps, which uh, it, it, it displays a grid of, uh, it is infrared, right? A grid of infrared dots, like an array. Yeah. And then uh, it, there's a camera that reads back those dots, and the smaller dots obviously are reflecting in the distance, and the larger dots are reflecting closer. And then it does pattern matching against a library of of known gestures. Is that essentially how it works? Yeah. The the Kinect actually works by projecting a three by three grid of several points. A three by three grid, three foot by three foot, or no? It's actually just. Uh, Three blocks by three blocks. Okay. I, I don't know the exact... All right. Section. So a three by three grid, and each block has a whole yeah, bunch one, of points. One center point, which helps the connect all the frame sense chips, actually. Oh, one center uh, point. Identify okay. the which block it belongs to. I see. Yeah. And in, in, also, in each grid, there are several thousands. Right. Thousands, several thousand million. dots. Million, yeah. And so what you get with the driver, though, you don't get that pattern matching that's in the Connect itself. You just get those raw images, correct? Yes. So if you really want to do what the Connect does, you have to essentially create a library of patterns to match against and then all of that code to, to do the matching in real time. Yes. So is, is that beyond the scope of the average .NET developer? No, uh, it's actually more on the side of the of a uh, computer vision developer using, I don't know, OpenTV or, or the like. Uh, okay, computer vision develop? Yes, because... Uh, Where is that? Itself, huh? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't say... You, you mentioned a website here that I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, the, there's a, a pretty good SDK called OpenTV, Open Computer Vision. Which helps a lot. Open CV, okay, and that's a C plus plus library, right? Yeah. Open Computer which, uh, Vision. I'm also using uh, in NConnect. Oh, so you're using that in NConnect? Yeah. I see. Wow. So, so do you provide the the kind of pattern matching against uh, a library in NConnect? Uh, not yet, but that's the idea. That's the, moment, the idea. Uh, NConnect can recognize. Uh, Hands and fingertips. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's only a matter of time before we can get feet and whole body movement into this. Are you looking for help? Are you looking for funding? Um, uh, is there anything that anybody can do for you to help speed up the process? Well, uh, I'm, I'm quite new in, in the computer vision 
team if anyone knows or has more background than, than I do. Okay. More than welcome. So you need help on the computer vision part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it like I said? Is it something? Is this something that will always stay open source? Or are you looking for funding, um, or just help in general? Just help, absolutely. Yeah, just help. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you might source? you might just get it. You know, if, uh, uh, peop- you might just get that help. Where and is there a website that people can uh, reach you at, J- or just through nconnect.com? Yeah, nconnect.com. CodeLaboratories.com, and also I think your your uh, your contact information is there also right at CodePlex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. on the contact us or contact me. Uh, Fantastic. Well, I'm sufficiently blown away, Richard. You got you got any uh, questions for for uh, Boris? Boris, I'm thinking in terms of NK, uh, the Connect technology being in the monitor in a few years which means we'd only have the upper torso, face, hands, shoulders, that kind of thing. Any reason the Connect hardware couldn't do this? Yeah, according to PlanSense, the chip can actually give you all, all that info. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the way Connect is supposed to be used right now in the Xbox is sort of the 10-foot experience. I'm thinking right. more in terms of the 3-foot experience, so you can get more detailed resolution of face uh, expressions. The actual projection, you know, the three by, by three grid that mm-hmm. I told you, mm-hmm. is actually shown at best shown at about six feet. About six so feet. That's the limit they tell you. Right. So after about six feet away, it's not gonna it's not gonna work too well. But so is there a? Uh, do you think that where Richard's saying is, can you envision a day where a smaller version of a connect camera set that works well at three feet is just right in your monitor. Maybe the thing is that um, the the connect the lowest value that you get is at about um, 50, 50, 60 centimeters. Right, so about two feet, I guess. At Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4 or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only $6.95. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of Happy.net Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net. Right. I mean, I think one of the things you're trying to say here, Boris, is that when you set up a connect, it's fussy. It needs, right. you can't be too close. You can't be too far away. Yeah. There's rules around how to configure a connect. But how much of that is in the connect and how much of that is in the Xbox software? Yeah. I wonder if that's a just a, a hardware thing. Like, obviously, you need a higher resolution grid for something that's six feet away. If you had a lower resolution grid, you know, with less with less dots and and hardware uh, a- accordingly for a close up experience, it may work. Something to think about. I'm actually, I'd like if Boris would answer the question. That would be kind of useful. That I mean, I wonder if Boris, if you know how much of those rules about two foot away, no no more than eight feet away, are actually in the Kinect versus the Xbox. They are actually in the Kinect. 
It's mm-hmm. in the Kinect. Yeah, in the technology that the TimeSense uses, it's totally an optical uh, limit. Hmm. But it, and I think it's an important point because that idea of putting a Kinect on your PC monitor isn't going to work right now. That's right. At the moment, no. But maybe six months. I actually, I think that TimeSense, you know, the company behind the Kinect, mm-hmm. is actually showing a PC-based version of the Kinect at year next next week. Really? Yeah. So there you go. So they so 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 the they are developing a version for that short experience, Richard. Which I, I think is exciting stuff. That's you very know, this, exciting. We're starting to get a picture of all the different things that can go on here. Boris, you mentioned in in the NConnect site, and I've seen some demos of this, multiple connects working together. 3D. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is to get uh, full-blown full 3D out of the connect. How do you deal with interference between the connects? Well, according to to Oliver uh, Trailers, I think, some guy that posted videos on YouTube about multiple connects, mm-hmm. it's not that much of, a, of an issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused as to why, because it seems like a dot's a dot, and that the one connect would see the other connect's dots. Yeah, I'm not... Well, uh, quite sure since uh, I, I don't have multiple connects working on linking them yet. Not yet. No, it's on the to-do <laughs> list, but not yet. <laughs> and I, I've only seen two so far. As soon as you add a third one, now they might run into each other even more. Yeah. Why would you add a third one? To actually get 3D rendering all the way around. So some one in the back. Basically, you need to space them. Uh, uh, 120 degrees apart. Right, so right, you right. get full coverage. You're basically a 3D scanner. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, that, man. Whew. Now my well, brain hurts. And Carl, you know, my wife works in the, in the clothing industry where they've been doing 3D scanning for a while. Right. Well, a 3D scanning booth is about $40,000. Yeah. This is... You know, $350 devices in a PC. Yeah. If it works. If it works. And, of course, some software that isn't going to be cheap. Or simple. Yeah, or simple, right. So, Boris, have you not gotten a Kinect at all yet? Yeah, I have one for my Xbox and one for Inconnect. Uh, okay. and But you want more? Yeah. Me too. How many? I have uh, one. Yeah, how many do you want to set up? At one time, four, six? Um, both filters, two, and then uh, go on uh, uh, time allowed. One of the things on your to-do list is T-U-I-O interaction. What's that, 2-E-O? T-U-I-O is the, uh, the so-called standard for touchable interfaces back in community television. Okay, for touchable interfaces. And that will give you access to what if you have that kind of interface? <clears throat> well, if, if I can output TUIO uh, from Nginx, I can use several applications that are uh, fully built or somewhat built using you know, Flash, I see. Java, as you like. So these are apps that are, have already been built that talk this uh, protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking in terms of 
You know how we've gotten standardized scanning interfaces and so forth. This is what Windows is all about, right? If we can get a standard communication protocol for touch, mm. then any device can can provide gets all the apps as soon as you provide touch to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess Boris, how do you feel about combining touch and gesture together? Isn't gesture a different thing? Well, using both touch and gestures seems like overkill. Right. You can select right. something by touching it and also by, by, I don't know, using a lasso tool. It's kind of useless. Well, you know, I, one thing that I've experienced is that the the connect experience is fairly low resolution and you know low what am i trying to say uh low precision in other words you don't really you can't really zone in on an exact point when you're moving your hand around i mean it takes a little bit of getting used to with touch you get a little more uh you get quite a lot more precision but certainly with the mouse i mean you can get down to pixel by pixel so i mean that's where the difference really is it seems to me, and that gesture is good for really wide changes and things that you need to do that don't require a lot of precision. Touch certainly is uh, higher precision, but not as precise as a mouse. But gesture's 3D. I mean, you just see more potential in gesture, the sen- the fact that, that I now have a third dimension to play in, that I can go closer and further away as well as X and Y. Well, that is very true. Just thinking in terms of if, as, as long as we're combining interfaces together, if, if, tu- if this touch specification ends up consuming the way we use Connect, we're sort of limiting the potential of gesture so think, to just 2D movement. So think about the holodeck, right? You're walking around on a street. That's a 3D movement. That's a Connect. That's a motion sensor thing. You walk up to a door. You knock on the door. That's a touch. You know, you... uh sit down at the table and you start writing a letter with a pencil now now you're going to need higher precision that's all i'm saying that there are there are things that uh these all these technologies are are best suited for and it doesn't make sense to to do everything with one yeah and i'm hoping we're going to focus on the 3d api nature of the of gesture computing separately from the 2d nature of touch oh absolutely yeah so Boris, how does this connect to your regular job? Are they starting going to start using connects in your work? It's actually my you can say it's my first time working on on new things and innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is to sell uh, you know, those worlds to some of our clients, but it's not fully related to my ATM solution. <laughs> Right. I mean, and although, let's face it, a gesture-based ATM would be pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah, but not quite uh, useful. Yeah, you need a little higher precision there. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine seeing someone dance at an ATM. Yeah. I didn't mean $40,000. I meant $40. Yeah, I, I guess there's different scopes of this, and I think your resolution point's really important, Carl, that I'm very interested in the idea of being able to measure body language of someone Mm. to get to the point of saying this person's happy or unhappy or frustrated or delighted. And I don't know if the, if the connect has the resolution to figure that out. Yeah. I sure wish the, uh, exercise instructor, the virtual exercise instructor understood gestures. (laughs) 
There's one gesture that I give it frequently that it just doesn't understand. <laughs> and there's also a couple of phrases that I say colloquially, regularly, that it doesn't recognize. Thinks I'm happy and want to keep going. Just saying. Hey, Boris, uh, there are microphones on the Connect as well. Have you done any work with them? Uh, the moment... Uh, the audio section of the Kinect is unmapped yet, both uh, on CodeLabs and I think OpenKinect. So it's just not available yet? Uh, as far as I know, nope. So here's the question. Why is it Microsoft making this SDK? That is a very good question. Well, uh, they are supposed to be pushing Kinect for Windows 8, so maybe they do have, have an SDK plan. They also announced an interaction between Kinect and XNA, but no, no date has been announced. Supposedly, you can get the Kinect SDK if and only if you're an Xbox developer. But right. I mean, Microsoft's been totally focused on making games with the yeah. Kinect. Right. At least for now. And so far, the games haven't been that good. Yeah, I I played all of them, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, there there are more demo games than they are real games. Well, okay, I honestly think the uh, the fitness um, application. I don't know. If, I don't think Microsoft made it, but I really think that's fantastic. I mean, that's real, really useful stuff, not just games. Right. I I are you actually playing with the Kinect on your Xbox at all, Boris? Yeah, from time to from time to time, I have uh, about four games. So yeah, for me, it's just I think we can make a better game. I I think a a magic casting game, or I love that video of the lightsabers in the Connect. Yeah, it points to way better games than what we've gotten so far. Yeah, but I, I also believe that the Connect is not cannot be used for every type of game. No. For, for example, on FPS with the lag that the Kinect has at the moment, not feasible. Yeah, I mean, some things just require too many different kinds of movements. Although, generally speaking, like the Dance Central game, I'm wiped out in 20 minutes. Like, mm. that's a lot of physical work. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, your fitness, fitness evolves. Right, that's the one. Yeah, that's the, like, the prime use of the Kinect. I think so, too. Uh, I've, I know I've said this before, but my best vision of a game that would ser be served by the Kinect would be more fun to play is the Harry Potter game, where you actually cast the spells from physical motion, and, and how well you make those movements is how well your spell goes Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant, Richard. I just think that would be fun and unique and, and like immersive into the experience. And you got to say it right, too, you know? Got to say it right. You got to wave the wand right. Leviosa! <laughs> start with little simple wrist flips and then it goes into you know you're spinning around and standing on your head and well any kind of uh any kind of thing that requires an analysis of motion you know and that's why exercise is just such a great example i mean i read somewhere that um uh, a review of of your fitness evolved that uh it, it's better than having them taking an exercise or yoga class where, you know, you get the the teacher's 
individual attention, you know, once every 15 minutes or something like that because of the people in the class, you actually get one-on-one attention. And this thing tells you, you know, no, your stance is not wide enough. No, you're out of step. Uh, it tells you what you're doing wrong as you're doing it. Like, it's it's creepy, uncanny, but yeah, very, very useful. Creepy and very, and very useful. Very useful. Yeah, at the moment, I'm actually somewhat in pain due to lack of physical condition due to the holidays and thanks to the connect. <laughs> That's cool. Well, and yeah, uh, Tim Huckabee talked about this on an earlier show, the, the whole medical side of things, looking at people's range of motion and... Right. You know, so forth. This that stuff could still work with an Xbox. It's very compelling. And as I said with on the show with Mark Miller, if you go to connecthacks.com, you'll see all manner of things that people are doing with the Connect, probably and, and with NConnect as well. Connecthacks.net. I'm sorry, connecthacks.net. Yes, Richard. There's also a prototype game that has been banned from the Xbox. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah, sex game. Yeah. Yeah, a company decided they wanted to have us uh, take a. I think it's just a, a game that already exists for the PC, right? And uh, I don't know, but you know, it's playable with the Kinect and with one with one single hand. Yeah, exactly. With one, it's a one-handed sex game. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the Microsoft said, of course, that they do not allow adult-only content in the Xbox. Yeah, that's not that's not not quite. PG thirteen. However, that won't stop them. They will come out with some way to do it on the PC. Well, yeah. people have PCs plugged into their TVs, right? Right. So yeah. you know, all of a sudden, the PC experience, uh, the ten foot experience, it could be at a whole new level, yeah. life size. So you know, for all those girls who are looking to land a geek, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> One more barrier to to bliss, right there. <laughs> well, I guess sir, is there anything else that you want to talk about, uh, Boris? Before we before we hang up, um, not at the moment. Only if, if anyone's available to help, please so, help Boris. More than welcome. Yeah, especially with the uh, the uh, the the TV part, the camera part. Yeah. All right. Boris Shaman, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a, a real pleasure and good luck with NCNAC. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a van by the FCC, yes, I'm a dog.